Hey, Scotty. Hey, Graham. How you doing? Doing well. How are you? Good. You ready to start this up? Yes, I am. Perfect. Well, everybody, welcome to the Making Us a Looney podcast. My name is Scott Helstead. And my name is Graham Mueller. And we have been, uh, for the last couple of years, been thinking about starting a podcast. Um, and we were contemplating the name of it for quite some time. Um, kind of the first obstacle we had to get over. And we decided to go with Making Us Looney. Graham, do you want to tell them why? Well, uh, as longtime fans of the Minnesota Loons and the MLS, um, there's definitely been some ups and, ups and downs for our team. So this is kind of where the name stems from. Yeah, I mean, the reason why we chose it is obviously a play on the name The Loons um, and also making us crazy because, yeah, I mean, even the, the last game against Spurgeon KC, um, we barely pulled that off. And I was going insane watching how bad we were playing and then be able to win it. Like, it's a positive and negative connotation. Um, and honestly, I think it just kind of sums up Minnesota sports and Minnesota United pretty well. Definitely, yes. So... To start the podcast off, we, Graham and I, um, it is 10.30 a.m., so we are not drinking. But for most podcasts, we'll be having a beer in front of us, and we're going to have a, um, a little um, sign of our affection for some players. And so, Graham, who is your coffee for right now? Yeah. Um, you know, if just so that we'll fill everyone in, um, the latest game Minnesota played was in the MLS's back tournament, and we just beat the Columbus crew to, um, to continue to the quarterfinals um, within the tournament. So, uh, you know, from this game against Columbus, but also throughout the entire tournament through the group stage, um, you know, my coffee is for Ethan Finley. Ethan Finley, the workhorse. Yes. Yeah. An absolute force on our team right now. And, um, you know, I, I hope to see some more goals from him, some more goals from him against San Jose. No, that's a good one, Graham. Um, right now, my coffee is for uh, an old-time favorite, Christian Ramirez, for two reasons. Um, one is just because um, he has been one of my favorite players to watch throughout the league. Um, even though he uh, actually has not been in the MLS's back tournament uh, because he just had a, his daughter. Um, and so this coffee – this. This coffee's for a, for a classic, Christian Ramirez. So, um, even though he's not a loon anymore, I still still wish he was, and uh, I think he holds a very important part of our our team. So, yep, very good. Okay, and so for everybody that's new to the podcast, including Graham and I, since our first one, we're gonna split uh, each episode up into two portions. We're gonna have a first half and a second half. Um, and to start off the first half. We're going to do a little bit of an update on the, the new signings that the Loons have had. Um, and it's funny because we say new, but this probably happened six months ago because of the COVID break. Um, but we're going to go through that. We're going to look at our tried and true squad and just kind of talk about the most recent games in the MLS's back tournament um, and kind of go from there. Well, Scotty, should we get into this uh, squad update? Let's do it. So starting up top. Um, is a new forward. I'm calling him the 25-goal man, Luis Amarilla, who has, um, <laughs> has in the beginning of the season, said that he's going to score 25 MLS goals. I'm not sure if that includes uh, tournaments uh, like the MLS is back or if it's just all regular season. Um, but right now, I believe he's at three goals. Is that correct, Graham? Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, um, 
before the COVID break and, and before the MLS's back tournament kicked up, he was kind of on his way to doing that. You know, um, it was almost a goal of a match. And, uh, you know, if he, if he had kept that form going, who knows? Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see um, because in the first game against uh, Sporting KC, he pulled up with a groin injury during during warm-ups along with Ozzy Alonso. Um, and if you've been watching the the games, you'll see that he has not been <laughs> he has not been a force to reckon with. He's been you know slow, missing chances, um, this and that. And so you know it's been interesting because a few of the other pundits have been saying that. Um, you know, it's just his, his work ethic, that his work ethic is, work ethic is not there um, after uh, the COVID break. However, Graham and I were discussing before this podcast that we think it still has something to do with his injury. Um, and especially it's because not of his positioning, but he can't even get in the positions. Um, and I, I would say, like, if he was in full shape, um, this would not be an issue. And so I have the utmost faith, though, that by the end of the tournament and when the regular season does start this fall, um, I don't know. I'm not saying he's going to hit 25, but I would be shocked if he wasn't in the, the teens. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think, you know, this next match against San Jose is going to be a time for him to shine, um, assuming that he'll start. But, um, you know, we're this is a big-time game, and um, it would go right into the finals for us. So, or wait, it would go semifinals. Right semifinals. <clears throat> so, um I don't know. You know, it's kind of time for him to show up and get over this injury. Yeah. And I mean, even if Heath does use him as a super sub, you know, bring him in in you know, the 70th minute. I mean, I think if he's not to match fitness, he could still, you know, he's still bag a few goals um, right at the end. I mean, with defense getting tired down and um, just his, I mean, he has such good technical skill on the ball. Um, I mean, he, he's got it. It's just going to be interesting seeing if it pans out. So true. All right. So our next is AHA. Graham, you have been watching more of the games than I have been. Do you want to tell us a little bit about AHA? Yeah. You know, um, this was one of our newer signings. Um, I think, you know, he's, I, I think on a roster, he comes in as like a supplemental player, but, um, he's been in the league unlike Emeria for um, a few years prior to 2020. Um, and this is kind of funny, but back in 2016, when Adrian Heath, the Minnesota current, you know, Minnesota head coach, um, was working at Orlando City, AHA was at Orlando City as well. So um, we, we can kind of see this relationship between uh, Kevin Molino and Adrian Heath, and now with AHA and... Um, Heath. So um, AHA is a defender and he has replaced Ike Opara in our starting lineup. Um, I'm pretty sure Ike Opara is still back in Minnesota um, recovering from an injury. I can't remember what, but... Um, I don't think it was disclosed. Yeah. So, um, you know, AHA, he's been absolutely um, vital to I mean, absolutely vital to our defense right now. Um, I find myself noticing him him more than I notice Michael Boxall when we're defending. Hmm. And um, I think, you know, I'm just kind of looking at his prior stats. And, you know, he, uh, he definitely receives quite a few yellow cards. And um, he has received, the, you know, 
two red cards in his past three seasons. So um, definitely a pretty aggressive player. And that's what I've been noticing from these, you know, three games in the MLS's back tournament. Yeah. And Graham, I'm not sure if you mentioned it, but um, in the last game against the crew, that is who he drew the penalty in the box that gave them the PK to tie the game. Is that correct? Yeah, no, that is correct. And it was kind of like the moment of the match because, um, you know, Minnesota, we were sitting back and we were holding that one up lead. But um, until that point, I didn't really think Columbus had that much of a chance to score a goal. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what really, I think, made it a close game again. So, Yeah, it definitely made the game. Um, yeah, it, it, it changed the tide a little bit. And I don't think it like summed up the entirety of, of what uh, Minnesota did that game. Um, okay, but so continuing on, we have one of my personal favorite additions, Aaron Schoenfeld. Uh, he's a forward. He's an Israeli-American. Um, and he was over in Israel and played, I believe it was four or five years um, over there. And now he's back at home. He's Ethan Finley's past teammate. They have very good chemistry. Um, and even, I think it was sometime in December, uh, Ethan Finley made a uh, Instagram post uh, that had um, kind of an encrypted message saying that Aaron Schoenfeld was going to be coming to the Loons. Um, and he's just a funny guy. Um, right now, himself and Eric Miller, our new goalkeeper um, have these, I don't even know how to describe it, but these gross mustaches that they just like have been rocking for the whole tournament. Um, and so I'm a big fan of his personality. He just seems really at home uh, with Minnesota. Yeah. Um, I mean, he came up big in our first match. I'm pretty sure uh, he came on as a sub against Sporting KC and then he scored to, you know, put us into, well, give us a win. So. Yeah, no, he's going to be fun to watch. And I, I know he's 30 years, years of age. And so um, he's kind of exiting his prime, but it'll be cool to see what he can do in the next, you know, say one to three years with the Zunes. Um, so the next guy, we can just quickly mention a few of these guys, um, like Musa, Harrison, Hayes. Um, but the next one that I really want to touch on is our midfielder, um, Ja'Cory Edwards. Um, I'm a big fan of Ja'Cory Edwards. He has been in the MLS um, a few different times, he played for the Fire two years ago. I'm sorry, um, the Impact two years ago with the Fire last year, and he was in the trade with Wyatt Amsberg. That's how we acquired Edwards. Um, but in preseason, and then when he came in um, a few times uh, for the Loons as a sub, I'm just like I'm seeing a lot of hustle and a lot of confidence. Um, and then in last week's shootout against uh, Sporting KC, oh nope, Columbus Crew, he was our fourth. Uh, PK taker and it was a gorgeous penalty kick as all of them were Graham Uh, but I'm just a big fan of him and I think he's he's gonna be a promising player Um, Mm. and if I'm correct he is 26 years old Uh, so we can we can have him for years if he does integrate himself into the into the team well I gotta tell you Scotty he's actually only 25 and 25 um, thank you no yeah Raheem Edwards great player for us this season I mean he's been coming on as that you know sub in the 60th, 70th, I mean, you know, those type of minutes and um, just trying to change the game right at the end. So, great player. Yeah, great. No, he'll be a lot of fun. Um, And then, Graham, I have two more players I kind of want to touch on. Um, The first is Eric Miller. What do you got to say about him? Well, you know, we acquired Eric Miller from LAFC after um, LAFC's title last season. And, um... 
you know, I think I don't, I was a little confused on why LAFC um dropped him or why they'd want to let him go. But um I think he's been playing pretty well for us. He made one mistake in our game in the group stage of the MLS's back tournament. But besides that, you know, I mean, he's a tall guy, um, which is good for a keeper. He's just young. And um, I think, you know, I was listening to some of the matches when I was watching, I guess. And uh, some of the announcers were talking about how he's maybe not as assertive as he needs to be or Mm. as assertive as he should be for being so tall, especially in those corner kick situations. And um, I think that's just something that, you know, to do with age and um, maybe a learning opportunity for him. Yeah. Well, I I think one of the reasons why they, they got rid of him um, LAFC is that, yeah, he is somewhat of a liability. He gets caught out of position quite a bit. I know last year one of the complaints that I had heard about him um, is that obviously on breakaways he would leave too soon. So he was easily chipped or easily just ran around. Um, and then in the Sporting KC game that you just referenced, um, he obviously was caught in the middle of the box when he should have been on the front left post. Um, and that was a pretty – like, I mean, that's goalkeeping 101. Like you never leave the post when uh, there's an attacker running down the right wing. And so, I mean, the good thing about him, though, is he's not – he's not like a mental case. Like he's not going to go and then get down on himself and then just like spiral. And it's going to be a four zero or a zero four loss. Like he is very professional and he shows a lot of resilience and he's able to get back in the game. And he made, he is actually not, I must say he's just made good saves in the sporting KC game. But I mean, throughout Real Salt Lake, Colorado, the crew, um, I mean, he has kept us in games. Uh, just like Vito Manone used to. And so, yeah, he's young, maybe a little bit of a liability, but I'm a big fan of him and his potential. I mean, I know he's been very open about wanting to go to Europe. And so he is kind of looking at his time in the MLS to just continue to continually improve. improve. Um, and so, I mean, if we could hold him for two, three years before he heads over to Europe, I mean, I think he could be a, a great uh, candidate for goalkeeper of the year um, and just keep us in matches because – we all know that we need uh, a good goalkeeper behind our uh, behind our team. Yeah, no, completely agree. So, who uh, okay. who's the last player? So, okay, well, this is like a point five because Chacon is not really new, but I thought mm-hmm. we'd just bring him up because I didn't put him in the tried and true squad category because he is not tried and true. No, no, I don't know, Chacon. I, you know, did you know, Scotty, that there's an Instagram page um, called like Start Chacon? And every time, yeah, it's like a forum. And it's like every time he doesn't play for that for Minnesota United, um, on every post that that Minnesota will will have, you know, after a game or this account will go and and comment start Chacon or why isn't Chacon? And um, the the account also does it on the MLS the MLS uh, main page as well. So I don't know. That's what. That's hilarious. I'm definitely going to have to go and follow him. Um, <laughs> and just for people that don't know him because he hasn't played much, um, he's 19 years of age, um, and he is from Uruguay, and he is a young DP. Um, and so he um, is getting paid a good amount of money, uh, but he is not taking up a DP spot for the Loons, even though <laughs> we're not uh, – Graham and I were just disagreeing about that before. Um, 
And uh, yeah, he's very promising. And if you look at his hair, um, you can see that he's going to be amazing. He has like a long flowing um, <laughs> blonde hair. And um, no, he's a very technical player, but I think just kind of like we're talking about the youth of Eric Miller. Um, he's, I mean, like five years younger than Eric Miller. And he just, when he is on the ball, his decision-making, it seems very rash. Um, either when he's not supposed to go towards net, he goes towards net. When he's supposed to pass it, he takes a shot or when he's supposed, you know, it's vice versa. When he's supposed to take a shot, he lays it off to Finley. Um, and so, yeah, he just needs to learn. Um, but I, I do hope that we get to see more of them, uh, in the rest of the tournament and then starting in the fall. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I, you know, it's just kind of like, why would you go out and spend so much money on a young DP mm-hmm. for him to only have played 85 minutes last season and not played at all. And especially, I mean, you know, the MLS is back tournament. Now that we're into this knockout stage, it's not really reflecting on our standings, um, mm-hmm. our points. So why not experiment a little bit? But, um, you know, I, I guess I just kind of, I hope to see him soon. So, Yeah, no, that'd be really good. Um, and for those of you who don't know, um, if you win the tournament from this, on, this point on, uh, you get the CONCACAF Champions League spot and then $1.1 million to your team. Um, and then in the group stages, uh, were the point was the point system. So if you want a game in the group stages, it goes right to our standings. Um, and so just a little update right now, uh, Minnesota United is sitting in second place with 11 points right behind Sporting KC with 12 points. Uh, we've had five wins, uh, excuse me, three wins uh, and two ties. So we are still undefeated this year, uh, which I'm, I'm very proud of. Definitely. I mean, I think um, it's a testament to just say it. This is how far we've come. You know, I mean, our, I remember watching games in 2017 being a season <laughs> ticket holder. And this is kind of, I mean, this is kind of what makes us loony, you know. Um, just completely a huge turnaround. But also when you get down into the weeds, you can kind of see how not that much has changed at all. <laughs> um, against like our game against, you know, Sporting Casey. But uh, crazy stuff still. So. For sure. All right, Graham. So to end up the to end the first half, we're going to look at some tried and true players on our squad. Um, so let's both pick like two of them that we think have just done a great job this season. Um, and so do you want to kick us off? Yeah, sure. You know, I'll take an easy one. Um, I'll do Romain Metonaire. Mm. Um, huge fan of this guy last season when he came in. And I think he was a huge I mean, I he was a large part of Minnesota doing well. Um, oh, for sure. The, in the, you know, the 2019 campaign. Um, he came over from France, I think, and yep. um, plays as a right back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chase Gasper is on the left. So he came, he came over, um, plays as this right back, and he connects extremely well with Ethan Finley on the attack. So um, I've really, I mean, it's been extremely fun to watch him in this MLS's back tournament. He's been a workhorse like Ethan Finley, making the runs all the way down to the opponent's box on the attack. Crosses. Um, I mean, he's an all around player and uh, I definitely really enjoy watching him. So. Yeah. And the thing about Mensonair too, uh, that I want to find out for our viewers or our listeners next time is how much, ground he covers each game i mean from going from he's a box-to-box right defender he's not a box-to-box midfielder he's a box-to-box right defender and so i mean i would say out of anybody on the field against any team i bet he covers more ground 
than any other player. And so I, I'm going to find that stat out and we're going to figure what everyone know because he is a beast. Um, and so, okay, I want to talk. <laughs> All right. This is not, he's not tried and true, but I really want to do a shout out to Robin Lode. Um, he finally got his first goal, even though I thought he had one last year, it must've been an assist. He, <laughs> he netted one against the crew to get us up one zero. Um, it was off of a corner kick. Uh, there was a header rebound backwards to him, and he was able to uh, kick it under the top of the net. Might even bounce on the ground once. It wasn't that pretty. Um, just like his, I don't know, in general, he's not the most like attractive soccer player. Um, but for the last, I mean, the amount of times he's put himself in the right position over the last year or so when he, since he's been a loon has been incredible. He just has had a problem finding the net. It doesn't matter if it went off the crossbar, maybe a little high or deflected off some random person that shouldn't have. Um, he had a problem finding that. And I think if he can start getting shots on target, he could be a great player. And so I just want to do a little shout out for him. And then my second shout out is to Jan Gregus, his, uh, <laughs> his Finnish counterpart. Um, and I love Jan. I think he is great. A little bit of a liability as well, uh, but just like Alonzo is, they go in for hard tackles and they, they're, they're not afraid to show their uh, physical presence. But the reason why I uh, am also shouting out Greg Goose is um, his goal. Again, um, he is famous for these, I mean, what I'm calling the, the pop shots. He's shooting from outside the box, just showing lasers. But the sad thing is, is all of a sudden they'll go to the right or they'll rise just a little bit too much. And he'll like break a camera or something like that with the ball. Uh, but he, I've always said that if he can put those on target, there are few goalkeepers that can stop his shot and how fast they're coming at them. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just happy to see he's taking shots. I think he had two against Columbus crew that um, I think one was blocked. One was on target. Um, um, but no, I'm a big fan of uh, Greg Goose and uh, I'm happy to see that he's been playing all right this year. Yeah, no, I mean, I, he, he's been a very fun player to watch develop into this team. And um, also just, I don't know. He's, he's just came, He's come a long way with um, Alonzo during their mm-hmm. time together and um they're a lot of fun to watch so um, i wonder <laughs> graham i wonder how they communicate together because alonzo has been i mean he's been in america for years but i know his english is not the best um i believe he still speaks um i mean of course fluent spanish and um but you know greg Goose, when you hear him speak he speaks broken english too he's finnish um and so you know they're such a such a dynamic team and i've always wondered like you know how is their relationship grown through kind of this language barrier and i wonder in general with i mean all soccer teams but how that is um how that is uh is carried out i don't know i mean soccer is a uh a game that spreads across all barriers right the universal sport Uh, yeah exactly i don't know i'm sure um i'm sure they they might just have a connection. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, tell me more about that. No, I'm just kidding. No. Um, great. Uh, Grant, anyone else you want to shout out for our tried and true okay. squad? You know, I mean, it's a little unfortunate that he's not playing right now. But in those initial games, Kevin Molino. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Out, coming out, playing well, being a force in that midfield. Um I know in the last game he was, you know, Hassani Dotson stepped up and took that center midfield role. Um, but, you know, I mean, that, that role is really tailored for Kevin Molino, prime of his career. And um, I think when he plays, Minnesota is a much more threatening team, especially going forward. 
Um, I know we, we didn't move forward very much against Columbus. Um, you know, we sat back and, you know, I think with Molino in and if he can stay healthy, um, it's, it's just, it changes the way the team plays. And I think some of the confidence our team has in themselves and um, just when we go forward, we, I think, can really be a threatening force. So shout out to Kevin Molino. Yeah, no, he's been amazing. I'm excited to see what he can do once he's healthy. Um, and I'm assuming against our game against San Jose, he'll be back. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll see, obviously, on Saturday night. Okay, Graham, let's get to the second half of our podcast. Mm-hmm. So let's, uh, you know, I, let's start out with this. Let's start off with some predictions. Um, so the second half of the podcast, Graham and I are just going to look at the quarterfinals um, of the MLS's back tournament. We're going to tell you what we're thinking about um, our match, obviously, of San Jose. Um, and then along with that, we're going to make some, uh, some predictions about the rest of the league. So let's start off with predictions, Graham. Tonight at 7 o'clock, we have Philadelphia Union versus Sporting KC. Who, what are you thinking? Oh, um, you know, Philadelphia all the way. They are a young team. They have the energy to go a full 90. Um, definitely have some playmakers in there. I also, I'm not a huge fan of Sporting KC, so I should just put that out there. But Philadelphia, great young team. Um, they beat New, New England in the round of 16, which I think, yeah, I didn't watch the game, but I would assume it would have been pretty hard seeing that Bruce Arena is a time you know, time and true coach, time test coach. Um, yeah, I know that was bad, but uh, <laughs> I tell you, you know, I mean, Philadelphia, they kept that clean sheet against new England and, um, we beat sporting KC, albeit mm-hmm. with Timelia out. But, um, I think that they, uh, I think that they can beat sporting KC and move into the semifinals. All right. Well, I'm going to go with age over beauty, Graham. I'm going to Sporting KC. Um, I just, they have the grit. Um, and I think Johnny Russell is going to go off. And I think it's going to be a uh, two to one victory uh, to Sporting KC. I could see that. But um, I definitely, I have my, uh, I have my stakes in with Philadelphia. So. <laughs> as, you, as you should. All right. Uh, Friday, so tomorrow night at 6.30 p.m. We've got LAFC versus Orlando. Who are you taking? Um, LAFC for sure. You know, they started off kind of slow in the group stage, but um, that really should not slow them down now. They kind of took off against Seattle. I mean, another time, you know, I mean, a true team right there. Definitely have some assets, but they rolled over them four to one. So uh, I don't think Orlando would be any problem. Yeah, I was going to say, I think this is for sure going to be an LAFC win. Um, all, any Orlando fans listening will hate that. But yeah, no, I think LAFC is probably going to be in the finals in about two weeks. Um, and uh, it's going to be hard. Any team, it's going to be hard to beat them if they're clicking. Um, so, yeah. Um, okay, and then Saturday night after the Loons game, we have Portland and New York FC. Um, and this, to me, is the hardest game to pick. Um, and I want to know what you're thinking. Yeah, Um <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, I was listening to some of the different MLS pundits and um, I think they're picking Portland over NYCFC. Hmm. But I mean, NYCFC likes to attack and Portland likes to counterattack. So you have two different styles of play. 
Um, NYCFC won three to one versus Toronto, and Portland barely scraped by against Cincinnati. I don't know. I if I had to choose, and I really do um, kind of like NYCFC, so I'd probably with Hebert if, if Hebert's playing, I'd pick NYCFC over Portland. Okay, that that's shocking to me because I know, like, obviously before the Loons were in the MLS, uh, you were a big Portland fan, and I hate Portland. I've all, I've always thought they're like my least favorite team in the MLS. Um, but I'm going to take Portland. I think with Valeri, uh, the younger Chara now, um, I just think they're a force to reckon with, and so I'm definitely going to go Portland. But I mean, I think it's going to be a it's going to it's going to come between one goal or even PK shootout. Well, you know, Scotty, I mean, it really I think almost bigger than. Well, not Valeri. Valeri truly is their playmaker, but um, mm-hmm. maybe over uh, the younger um, Shara. But uh, Jeremy Abobasi. Oh, Abobasi, of course. Yeah, so he's starting up top for them. He's scored a few goals in this tournament. That's um, that is who NYCFC is going to have to look out for. So, yeah, he's a beast. Um, okay, and then our last game Saturday night at seven. We've got the Loons versus uh, San Jose Earthquakes. Uh, to give a little bit of history, um, the Loons actually have taken the last three games against San Jose. Um, and it's been actually really fun because we won uh, both games last season. And then in the second game of the season, we went to, uh, and that's this season, Minnesota went to San Jose and had a whopping 5-2 to two win against them. Um, and that was the last game played for the Loons before the COVID break. Um, and I'm excited to see it. I know... It's just kind of funny, like everyone on MLS right now are just saying like, oh yeah, like earthquakes are probably going to do it. Like if you look at the, uh, like, you know, even the statistical predictions, like they have a higher um, percentage of winning the tournament than we do. And and to me, it's just funny because of course with Columbus, we're for sure the underdogs. Columbus has been great. But when we're looking at the quakes, and maybe this is just my bias because of past results, I don't even, I, I mean, I think I would be shocked if we don't win three to one. We don't even put like, you know, a few braces in there. Um, and so what do you think, Graham? I mean, give me your, give me your thought about the, the quakes and uh, the upcoming result. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think back to um, some of the quakes past games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they won, they went, they won against Royal Salt Lake five to two, um, which I we think did, is. And we did yeah, not do great did not. against the. Well, Real, Real Salt Lake was our third game. Yeah. No. Second. It was. Second game. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. Um, I, I think I think having that prior result during the regular season of 2020, when we just, I mean, that was, yeah, that was at San Jose. And we beat them 5-2. to two. You know, who knows? But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. There's some good stuff said by Matthew Doyle, um, an analyst for uh, MLS on the MLS soccer website. And, you know, he says, quote, Minnesota have just owned the Quakes over the past year and a half because they're willing to let their center back be the free man and push forward until San Jose's defenders engage or sometimes until they don't. And I I think he's kind of making reference to San Jose's man marking um, tactical style. Yeah. Yep. And, um, you know, he also, you know, Matthew Doyle also makes notes of some X factors. I, you know, Wando off the bench. And I think that's (laughs) pretty huge. I mean, he's still scoring goals and I don't know, crazy. They're ugly. 
Yeah, but like, yeah, I know he is. Like, <laughs> he is a scrappy, scrappy goal scorer, but he gets it done. W- so. we- when he scores, even the last goal he scored, um, and I don't recall whoever they played like on you know last week, but it, the ball just bounced off his hip. Like he gets, yeah. yeah, he's like the highest MLS goal scorer in history. So that's like a huge accomplishment. But I have been following the Quakes just so you know against the Loons and, and in the MLS for over three years now, and I swear I've not seen a beautiful goal from him once. They're far and few between, but um, I, I think another thing to talk about is Minnesota's set piece, I mm. mean, dominance. You know, this confidence that we have on set pieces now. Um, I'm pretty sure it was like six out of the last seven goals are scored from set pieces. Not I believe that. Point. Yeah, I don't know. That's, uh, that's really crazy to me, um, especially kind of looking at last season where we definitely were not as confident taking set pieces. No, not um, at all. Yeah, and, and I mean, yeah. So it's just been a huge change for us. Um, but if, I mean, you know, San, San Jose is going to come out there. Uh, from from when I've watched them live, you know, in person or, you know, over um, TV, they're always a pretty physical. Mm-hmm. So um, I think, yeah, I mean, uh, Matthew Doyle talks about this uh Kaisha, he's one of the um, he's he's one of the San Jose defenders. But it's like this: keep them entertained approach to defending. You know, if we can get a PK or some of those um, just set pieces, I think that'll be a key for us. You know, really taking control of this game. So, yeah, I completely agree. Um, yeah, they definitely have some good players. Um, I'm a big fan of Erickson. I think he, ever since he came to the MLS last year, uh, he's been scoring goals and they, uh, he's fun to watch. Um, you know, he's got that like Scandinavian presence. Um, <laughs> and so like when you're watching him, you're like, Oh, is this guy good at soccer? But then he, he does something spectacular or he just bodies someone off the ball and you're like, Oh, yep. There he is. He's a good player. Um, and, uh, you know, and I, besides like Alonzo, and probably Grey Goose, I wouldn't say we're the most physical team. Um, and so it is, it's fascinating that we do, you know, kind of, you know, run train on, on San Jose because, you know, physically, I feel like they would have us beat. I mean, of course, our center backs are huge with Michael Boxel uh, and then Ike Parra when he's in and now AHA. Um, but like, you know, we had Dar- Darwin Quintero running around people or um, <laughs> Mason Toy like kind of falls down a lot. It- it's interesting that we kind of beat them more off of tactics, uh, speed and uh, and skill rather than than, than force. So well, I think that's something to do with Adrian Heath's tactical approach. You know, I mean, <clears throat> I think I think a lot of things have been going on about Minnesota United being this underdog. But um, from some of the other pundits. Uh, on MLS soccer, they're talking about how that kind of takes away from some of Adrian Heath's, um, you know, techniques and mm-hmm. how we used Hassani Dotson to shut down um, a central playmaker for Columbus. Yeah. <clears throat> or um, how we actually will sit back and defend, but, you know, if we can bend and not break, what, you know, what, what really matters there. So. No, for sure. And actually, Graham, you beat me uh, to the next section, which is extra time. 
And my extra time question for you was, how would you evaluate Adrian Heath uh, this this season? Yeah, you know, last season and a couple seasons before that, of course, I was a little unsure. But once Adrian Heath started making a making progress with the team in the U.S. Open Cup, this is where I started to really kind of believe in his tactics and mm-hmm. believe that we could really actually succeed under Adrian Heath and not be this team in transition. Yeah, really. And that's really, I mean, that's really proven true, shown true within the MLS's back tournament and, you know, the group stage and, and just everything with the regular season standings. You know, we're playing well. He puts in subs when we need to put in subs. And um, we are st- finally starting to get some depth on our substitution um, list. So, you know, I definitely believe in him. And uh, I think he's taking the team in the best direction we can go right now. So, Yeah, no, and I would agree. And um, I know, like, when we, before the podcast, I talked a lot about, like, development of players and strategy. And I just, I didn't see it with Heath. I just saw a lot of kickball. Um, but, yeah, no, it's been really cool in the ending of last season and, and into this season, you know, seeing that, like, okay, most of our goals are coming from strategic set pieces. Most of our goals are coming from, you know, the right wing where it goes Mentonair to Finley, maybe to one of our numerous forwards. Um, and so it's good to see that we have a style of play. And it'll be interesting to see if when other teams really pick up on what we do good, how we adjust to their defense. Um, and yeah, and that's something that will be kind of told over time. But uh, I'm excited to see. And for the first time ever, I can say that I do trust in Adrian Heath because in the past, um, I have not at all. So, yeah. I agree. I mean, um, it's been a huge transition for uh, for me to really, I think, enjoy Adrian Heath's management style. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know, Scotty, you talked about how teams will adapt. Well, I mean, throughout this entire tournament, if you're watching the Minnesota Loons, you'll see that Mentonair to Finley is one of our best attacking options. And for sure. I think, I think, you know, the the lifeline of this team in terms of goals from open play are pretty much attached to Ethan Finley. So, you know, if you can shut him down, this is where there's an opportunity for, um, you know, Jan Gregush to step up, but also uh, Lude, <laughs> Robin Lude, Lod, Lude, um, to step up. And really, I think, you know, I mean, also if Emeria plays again, I don't know, you know, who knows, but um, he might be sub you know, maybe Schroenfeld will come in, but um, it's, it's time for these other players to kind of pick up slack and um, make some pushes for goal besides Ethan Finley and Metnair. Yeah, no, you're hundred percent right. Um, and going back to uh, Robin Lud, um, I, <laughs> I've always struggled with his name, but I think about Robin Hood and you just put the L instead of the H. And that is what I believe is the proper pronunciation of his finished name. So just a little, uh, a little two cents for you. Fair, fair. <laughs> All right, Graham. Well, hey, uh, we are almost at 40 minutes. Um, and so I want to uh, close this up. Do you have any last thoughts for our listeners? And uh, and yeah. Well, I am more than excited to uh, watch this next game against San Jose. It's going to be a great game tactically. Okay, wait. And what is your prediction? Give me, give us a score. Sure. Um, well, I think both teams are going to score. And, uh, you know... I'd like to say Minnesota comes out on top and 
I don't know. I mean, maybe we'll have a run like Croatia in the World mm-hmm. Cup. You know, another, <laughs> another PK shootout. I mean, with no extra time in these games, I think PK shootouts are pretty much more likely to happen. So um, let's go 2-2, PK shootout. Minnesota comes out top because we are strong PK uh, takers. And um, I think one of our goals will come off of a corner kick, one from open play. So you, Scotty? I So I'm laughing that you took 2-2 of PK because I was thinking that, but I'm actually going to go 3-2. Yeah, I just, I I think a shutout is not in our favor right now just because they've been a goal-scoring machine. But I do think that our offense is going to come up clicking um, just because I do think we have the, the strategic advantage over them. Um, and I'm, I'm going to make a little bit of a call. I'm guessing Lod, Greg Goose, and I'm going to go Amarilla. <laughs> Amaria <laughs> gets uh, a goal. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm saying. That's good stuff. Okay. So, all right. Well, hey, we'll, uh, we'll be back on maybe Sunday or Monday. Um, and uh, we'll speak to you then from the Making Us Looney podcast. All right. See you, Scotty.